Hi, I'm Derek Zemreck, and I'm the author of 50 movies that you may not have seen that you should. And I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Well, vacation is over and it's time to get back into it once again with more interviews here on On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimmerak. This is episode 559 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have a producer, director, and now an author. He has a book out. He's the founder of the California Independent Film Festival, and also he has uh, produced movies such as uh, King Cobra with James Franco and uh, a whole bunch of other ones. And we're going to talk, we might talk about some of that. But uh, anyways, the purpose of this is uh, he has a book out, and it's called 50 Movies You May Have Not Seen That You Should. And that's coming up in a few minutes. It's Derek Zemrak. It's that's right, same name, Zemrak. It's my brother, and uh, he's going to be talking about the the fifty movies that you should see. Some good stuff right there. So get ready for that. That's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen to Be On. And uh, things, of course, during vacation, uh, just sort of relaxed and did some fishing and uh, all sorts of other stuff. But um, we got to get back into the groove here. We have been still releasing some more of the old shows, getting them back up there for you. But uh, we hope that you are uh, listening to those. And also, I hope that uh, you can leave a you know, five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because that's the main one, of course, that we all like to have our uh, interviews uh, rated and hopefully five stars and all that. Hope you'll do that. Tell a friend. Be sure to download all the episodes we have up as we go along. To, by, and you can get that by subscribing or following or whatever they want to call it now. And uh, that makes it the easiest way for you to find these because once we put them up and then they go back into order of when they were released after about a week or two, and it's going to be harder to find them for you. So if you just sort of turn around and, uh, you know, like I say, follow or, or subscribe or whatever you want to call it, uh, you can get them immediately. And then you can decide whether you want to listen to it or not. But to have a lot of great guests uh, this past week, we've had a uh, what I call the, the superhero week. We had... Uh, Robin from Batman, the original Batman TV show, and also uh, several people from that. We had Catwoman, Julie Newmar, and we also had Batgirl, Yvonne Craig. And uh, some of those older interviews that we had, we put them back up for you. And uh, they're all right there for you to check out. So I uh, hope you'll keep doing that. A lot of people listening to On Screen and Beyond all over the world. We can you know, talk about that some other time. But right now, let's get into Remake Madness. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, looks like August 13th, the story of Aretha Franklin is retold in theaters, finally, starring Jennifer Hudson in Respect. And the re-imaging, comedic retelling of Romeo and Juliet is coming our way, and it's called Rosalind. And a big screen version of Battle of the Planets, a 1978 Japanese anime series, is in the works. And uh, it is going to be screenwritten by F9 screenwriter Daniel Casey working alongside Joe and Anthony Russo. Because, of course, we had an interview with one of the Russo brothers uh, quite a few years back. We'll be posting that one up, so get get ready for that. And that's it. That's it for Remake Badness. Coming up next on On Screen to be on upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, a time-looping psychological thriller, is what that's what they're calling it, called 645, starring Armin Garo and Thomas G. White and Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Hits theaters on August 6th, and Julia Orman has joined the cast of a romantic drama called Reminiscence. And the film also stars Bruce Dern, and filmmaker Jordan Peele of Get Out fame says his next horror film is called Nope. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen to Be On. Take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Sequel City, it looks like Jackass Forever, arrives in theaters on October 22nd, and Clerks 3 will be start filming next month, and all major cast from the first two films will be returning. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, Star Trek, the original series, the complete series, with a collectible steel book packaging, flies onto Blu-ray on September 7th. And SWAT Season 4 fires onto DVD on August 24th, and The Good Doctor Season 4 makes its way onto DVD on August 31st. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on Orange Grand and Beyond, what's coming away as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> Movies on DVD, August 3rd. Look for Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie as it comes to Blu-ray and DVD. And Queen Bees with James Caan, Ellen Burstyn, and Anne Margaret arrives on August 10th. And The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson. That's going to be hitting Blu-ray and DVD on August 17th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... TV and Entertainment Time. <laughs> TV and Entertainment Time. Tim Burton is working on a Netflix series called Wednesday. Now, this is a spinoff of The Addams Family. And, of course, uh, Rob Zombie is working on The Monsters. So we'll see what goes on with that one. And uh, the sixth and final season of Lucifer on Netflix will premiere on Friday, September 10th. And, sadly, actor-comedian Jackie Mason has passed away at the age of 93. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond, we have Derek Zemrak, producer, director, and uh, now an author. And he uh, has uh, produced movies such as King Cobra with James Franco. And we're going to be talking about his book, 50 Movies You May Have Not Seen That You Should. So we're going to find out. It's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is a film producer of such films as King Cobra with James Franco, Christian Slater, and Alicia Silverstone, Hercules Saves Christmas, which was a movie of the week on Animal Planet, and the animated film Bongi Bear in the Kingdom of Rhythm with Ruth Buzzy and Dom DeLuise. He also has been a film critic in the San Francisco Bay Area on TV and on radio, and he is the founder of the California Independent Film Festival, which he started back in 1997. He has added author to the list with his book, 50 Movies You May Not Have Seen That You Should. It's Derek Zemrak. Derek, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. Well, Derek... Um, <laughs> I haven't talked to you in a while. I, I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, just so they know, we are brothers. And uh, Full disclosure. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Derek, what made you decide to write a book? Now, I mean, you've done all different things. You've made, you know, movies, good movies. You've made bad movies. Bad movies. <laughs> Horrible movies. <laughs> Not so good movies. But those are the fun ones to watch. <laughs> But uh, and I didn't mention any of those, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, the but one, uh, of, one of them that I have keeps giving me checks every quarter, so I'm still happy about that one. Hey, good or bad, <laughs> money's always good, so it, it doesn't matter how bad they are. <laughs> so, but but why did you decide to write a book? I mean, you know, like I say, you're the film. Uh, you started a film festival. You you've made movies. You've 
done different things. You, you have a theater. You have you you do critics. You know, on on uh, radio and TV and everything. But why a book? Well, actually, this wasn't my first book. I'd written a nonfiction book about twenty twenty three years ago, and um, I said, okay, did that. Check it off the bucket list and uh, move on to something else. But a friend of mine kept bugging me, uh, Marcus Sue, who's actually a very well, well historian on documentaries, and he said, you should write a book. And I go, no, I've done that. I'm not interested in doing it again. It's just a lot of work. And we were just, it was actually before the pandemic, and we were just kind of, you know, going back and forth, oh, did you see this movie? You go, check out this movie. And then we got into the pandemic, and it was like, oh, watch this movie. And he goes, oh, I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. Oh, I've, I've seen that one. And so all of a sudden, I just said, you know what? We're kind of, I can do this. So a lot of the movies, you know, because of the film festival, I've seen, you know, thousands of independent films over the years. And, you know, some of the really good films that never see the light of day. Now, in the book itself, um, the average of all these 50 movies is about, you know, a million dollars and a half uh, at the box office. So that's not good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of them actually, which, you know, I had it in the book for different reasons, but, you know, did 60 million. So if you take that one out, I mean, the average is even lower, you know. Mm -hmm. So some of these, you know, just hadn't been seen. And so I felt like, you know what? I think uh, they need to have some recognition, and I had no intention whatsoever, you know, of, you know, where it would go. And then one day, you know, because of the social media, I get a, you know, a message from the Bear Manor Media out of Florida, who specializes in, you know, entertainment books and biographies. And um, they said, "Hey, I saw you're doing a book. Um, could you send me a copy of the writing?" And I'm like, uh, "You know, who are you? What do you, you know?" And uh, sent them a few samples, I asked, you know, a uh, person who was helping me with the editing because I'm the worst speller in the world, and I'll admit to that. Uh, so she, I said, which one should I send? And so we sent over three, and then all of a sudden they said, yeah, we want to publish this book. So hmm. it was that easy, you know? I mean, <laughs> everyone just do it, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned Bear Banner uh, Media because we have actually gotten guests from them because of books that they were that uh, they were publishing. Uh, right. Gary Berghoff was one of our uh -huh. guests, and he had a book from out. Mash. Yep, from MASH. And uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was a director for thousands and thousands of TV shows. I mean, it's the episodes. He, he's just, uh, and, and I can... I can picture, you know, the picture of him and everything. But he he's a, a famous director from the 50s and uh, early 60s. And uh, he was also from it. So we've gotten a lot of uh, guests, actually, over the years from Bear Manor Media. So people should check that out because they have a lot of great books there. Yeah, they do. And, I mean, I think it's a, you know, they have that special niche of entertainment. And, you know, you know, you know what, you're, what you're getting in focused-wise if you see a book from them. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now... I got to admit that look going over the list of the 50 different movies there um you I, I 49 of them <laughs> How many? 49? <laughs> not even close to that. No. <laughs> There's a lot of them there that I have not seen. I've heard of some of them. Right. Uh, but there are some that I have never heard of. <laughs> and uh but like you say they're, they're independent films and a lot of them uh a, a couple of different ones seem to uh, pop up uh with Bill Murray in them. Right. Yeah, there is a couple of Bill Murray films. Um, you know, one of them is um, St. Vincent, which I thought was a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it starred, um, obviously, Bill Murray and uh, Melissa McCarthy. And you would think, oh, God, this is going to be a, you know, a slapstick comedy. And it wasn't. It was a very, you know, pull at your heartstrings. It came out in 2014. And what it is is, you know, Bill Murray's a curmudgeon living next door, and M Melissa McCarthy is a single mom. Um, she doesn't have any place, you know, to have her kids stay, so she asked the, the neighbor if he'd watch her one day, and it just builds this friendship between the young boy and Bill Murray, and it's just, it's not what you think. And the ending scene of the film, I mean, would make anybody tear up. I mean, it's just an emotional film, and... That was one, you know, that actually did better in the box office. I think that's about $33 million. 
Um, you know, Bill Murray was completely overlooked. He actually got nominated for a Golden Globe, but he did not get any recognition for the Oscars. And I feel it's one of his best roles that he's ever done because it's not your typical, you know, uh, stripes Bill Murray movie. And, um, you know, that's what I think is, is, you know, kind of unique about the book is like you'll see these movies that people decide they just, you know, want to do it because of the script. And I think, you know, Bill Murray doesn't have an agent. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. He has a phone number, um, which if you're lucky enough to have his personal phone number, you leave him a message and pitch him the idea. And if you get a, a call back, then uh, Bill Murray's going to be in your movie. If not, you know, you'll never know what happens. And that's actually one of the, the movies that's in here, too. It's called, uh, it's a documentary called Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. And, uh, have you ever seen that documentary? No. Oh, you got you got to check it out. It's just, it's just so well done, and the stories of, of what Bill Murray ends up doing. You know, he'll show up at you know people's weddings and just walk in, sit down, go in the buffet line, and just <laughs> enjoy. And he just loves to see people interact. And he's showed up at uh, you know, like this is all over the world. I think there was one time in. In London, he was walking down the street, and he heard this party going on, and he just knocked on the door and started cleaning the dishes in the kitchen <laughs> in these people's house. <laughs> Showed up to a 50-year-old 50, uh, 50 birthday party and just, you know, just said, oh, hey, you know, hi. <laughs> and uh, there was another one in, in the documentary where these people are taking uh, photos for their uh, their wedding engagement, and... All of a sudden, he photobombs them and starts taking all the, the photos with him. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> he he does that, and that's why he call it the mythical man, because he doesn't, you know, say, hey, I'm Bill Murray, I'm just the guy. And he does these uh, these odd sightings and moves on to the next one. There was one in, that he that was discussed in San Francisco where he flew in and he, you know, was taking a taxi. So this is, you know, way before Uber or, you know, Lyft. And uh, he started talking to the taxi driver and said, "Hey, what do you do?" And he said, "Oh, you know, I'm, in, you know, I play the guitar and you know, and I love music." And he's like, "Well, why aren't you, you know, doing that?" You know, and he says, "Well, he says, you know, he says it's tough, it's hard." He says, "Where's the best jazz club here?" He says, "Well, actually, it's one in Oakland." He says, "Let me drive the car." He said, "I want to hear you play." So the guy starts playing in the back seat of the car. Bill Murray, tell, you know, the guy tells him where the jazz club is, and Bill Murray walks in with this guy, and they start playing on stage. <laughs> and the driver said, and I never heard from him again, and I dropped him off in Tiburon, you know, after we went to the club, and that was it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny when you say that he doesn't have an agent, because recently, and I can't remember which which movie it was, I had, I had somebody on, as a guest, and Bill Murray was in the film, and he was saying the same thing, that they he has no no agent. They got in touch with him. He said, yep, I'll do it. And they said, well, you want to sign the contracts? He said, nope, no contracts. Uh, my word is, is what, you know, is good. And he said that they turned around and said, well, where do you want us to send the limo to, uh, to pick you up at the airport? And the guy, he said, Bill says, no, I'll, I'll just be there. What time, what time you want me there? (laughs) (laughs) And they said, you know, they were wondering, is he really going to show up? And, yeah. and then at that given time, he drives up and he walks up and he doesn't he doesn't go see them. He he goes to somebody you know who was I don't know the caterer or or somebody you know that's not one of the big people in the film. And he starts talking to him you know and says hi I'm Bill Murray uh, you know who are you and it, very relaxed and and kind right. of, you know not what you'd expect. No, I mean he's been doing that for years and. Um... You know, but you got to find his number. Right, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, good luck with that. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, you should check that documentary out because it it is fascinating. Actually, the first time I I saw it was actually on an airplane um, that came out in um, 2018, and I actually saw it on on a flight, and I actually watched it three times because I was so intrigued by that documentary. Hmm. And that was one that did zero at the box office because it was never released, uh, could never get to the movie theaters. So. Huh. Now, is it something something that you can see on a streaming service or something now? Yeah, I mean, it's periodically on, I think it's on Amazon. Um, so I think you can definitely search on one of the streaming platforms. It bounces around from 
either one. So. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, the, of you know, the 50 films, are most of them now available that you know of? Uh, I know you probably don't know yeah. for every 50, but are they available on streaming services? Yeah, I mean, pretty much all of them are. Um, you know, there's. I think there's maybe one. No, actually, no. I didn't put that. That, that was the one thing. Is trying to decide which fifty I was going to put in. There was one that I was going to actually put in, which was, uh, which was called Fly Fishing, which actually played at the film festival. And God, I think two thousand and you know five or that one actually never got any distribution here in the United States, and and it's nowhere. And I said, well, you know what? probably shouldn't put that in. I should be able to let people at least find the film somewhere yeah. <laughs> between, you know, a streaming service or, you know, you know, buying, you know, the DVD somewhere. So um, that's one that I did actually remove from the top 50 because it was tough because people asked me, like, after it was done, you know, people said, oh, are these your favorite 50 movies? I was like, no, it's not my favorite 50 movies. Uh, they're just in here because I thought they're quality enough and, you know, for different reasons, whether it's the acting, the cinematography, the scripts, uh, the people who are in the movies that, the, you know, these independent films, you know, got to get, you know, Bill Murray in their movie or, you know, um, you know, maybe it's a, the first movie that, you know, Alicia Silverstone did, which was a Man in the Moon from 1991. She actually, uh, which is actually produced by Mark Rydell, which I know you've had him as a guest and have met him before, the director. Mm -hmm. And he, um, that one, she actually went to the audition to be an extra. And Mark Rydell um, saw her and said, um, no, she, this girl, she needs to have the lead. And wow. uh, that one, I think, is a, is a really good, good movie. Um, it's actually um, uh, Robert Mulligan, um, who actually directed To Kill a Mockingbird, um, was actually the director. It was his last directing film. Um, so you had a a star coming in and a star coming, you know, yeah, coming out, you know, as a, as a director huh. um, later in his life. And so Reese Witherspoon, she got the lead role. And what's unique about this film, not only, you know, Reese Witherspoon when she's, you know, 11 years old, um, but also it's a coming of age story, which is a genre that I, that I truly like. And, um, but it's focused on the girl, you know, all the time, you know, you got Stand By Me, which is always the boy, you know, it's yeah. like those coming of age stories tend to be about boys. And this is about a girl and, uh, you know, who has a crush on this young man who uh, lives next door. You know, I mean, not man, but he's 16 and she's only, you know, 12 in the movie. Um, and then, you know, as time goes on, it's like she has, you know, a little crush on him, but then... Her sister also has a crush on, and she doesn't know it. And you know, so there's that whole thing. And there's scenes with her and uh, Tess Harper, who's actually been at the California Venice Film Festival honoree before. Um, she plays the mother, and there's some scenes between you know Reese Witherspoon and Tess Harper that you know every mother daughter should watch these, this film together because it is you know it's a very touching film. So and. and you know, you mentioned that uh, these are films that some people may not have seen, but people don't realize going to a film festival, they can see some great films that don't have all the blowing up of, <laughs> you know, you know, if, if they don't get a good story, they start blowing things up and figure, okay, we're going to make millions with this, and they, they probably will. Right. But there's so many good films, like one of the ones you have in, in the book, and I, I don't know if it's on streaming or not, was called The Mighty Max. Yes, that was a great film. Yeah, it, it was, and uh, you know that was based on a true story, uh, which also is another genre that I that I tend to like. And uh, you know, it's about a, a women's college uh, basketball team that makes it to the nationals that didn't even have a uh, basketball court on campus because it got caught on fire. So it's one of those feel-good movies, and um, that is on streaming. I think it's on Amazon. So. Mm -hmm. One that you can you can find. Um, I actually thought you were going to uh, to talk about another movie that actually played the same year at the California Independent Film Festival, and that was actually Lovely Still with Martin Landau and Ellen Burstyn. Yes, yep. you know, I mean, you know, talk about two masters at their craft. Oh, I yeah. mean, both of them head of the Actors Studio, with uh, Ellen Burstyn heading up the New York Actors Studio, and you know, the late Martin Landau, you know, running the you know L.A.'s Actors Studio. They come together and make this movie on a, you know, from a director who's 19 years old. 19 years old mm -hmm. when he wrote the script uh, and directed them. 
he wrote the script actually when he was 18, and he wrote it about his grandparents and what he saw with them, you know, later in their lives, and that, you know, that older people can still have a, you know, a relationship and date and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, the movie has a, a great twist, and it's just a wonderful performance, I think, by both of them, specifically Martin Landau, you know, he's should have gotten, and this is one thing with an independent film that didn't get a lot of wide distribution. You know, he got completely overlooked for any awards because I think it's you know other than you know his role in you know Ed Wood, uh, we played Bella Lugosi. I think this is one of his best roles. And Martin said it to me several times. He said, "I think that's my best performance that I did in my career." And sadly, no one's going to see this movie because yeah. <laughs> it just never you know, got that wide distribution. So that's called Lovely Still. That's also on Amazon also. Yeah. Now, another one that uh, I haven't seen, but when I was reading about it, it, it sort of, I thought, oh, this one sounds like a good one, um, is by uh, David Mickey Evans, who was also the person yes. who did the foreword for your film. And right. it's called The Final Season. Yes. Yeah, he did the foreword to my book, not the, not, not the film. The foreword, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. If David did a foreword to my film, that would be great. But. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great that he did the foreword to the book also. But Yeah, no, that's another, you know, um, came out in 2007, um, you know, didn't get a lot of wide release. It's based on a true story. I um, know David Mickey Evans did, you know, he wrote uh, Radio Flyer and also... Uh, wrote and directed Sandlot, which is, you know, one of the biggest classic, you know, baseball movies ever made. Um, and, you know, a coming-of-age story right, yeah. <laughs> about boys. Uh, but it's, you know, it's this is a true story about a high school baseball team. Um, they actually had won 19 state championships in Iowa in 22 years in a population of only 586 people. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, and, yeah, and, you know, as... Time went on, you know, the people of Norway, um, you know, they loved their baseball, and it was, you know, the attendance was amazing. Everybody went to the baseball games. And, um, you know, as the school districts, you know, it cost, you know, in a small town, you know, they decided to merge the two rival high schools together. And the people of Norway really didn't want that because it's like, you know, no, this is a tradition, you know, and we, you know, we want to keep our high school where it is. And the the school board decides that the only way that they can make this happen is if they fire the baseball coach because they won't win and they'll be more apt to actually, you know, say, okay, yeah, it's time. And uh, so they do. They actually, the, the actual baseball coach gets terminated and they bring in uh, a new coach, and that's uh, Sean Astin, who's from the Rudy Films. And he, um, he has to try to make this final season happen, and you know I'm not going to tell you what happens. You have to watch the movie, but it's one of those things where it's it's not only about baseball. It's about you know community and you know where you live and the respect of people and generations of traditions, which is something that you know is not you know really well received you know nowadays you know there's a lot of it's hard to keep traditions going on with you know changing in you know society right. and um you know that's it's respect and uh it's a great you know little story uh that's a true story and like i said that's true stories and coming of age films are you know probably two of my favorite genres so yeah. got them in both and- <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we won't go through every 50, but uh, there's uh, two others that uh, I wanted to mention. Um, and the, the reason I liked these movies is because of it's a, it's a twist from what the, the actor, director, or whoever normally does. And one of them is The Majestic. Now, there's a yeah. double twist in this because... <laughs> 
Jim Carrey is playing a role that you would never see him do normally. You know, normally not right. the crazy, wild guy that he, he, he can be. And also uh, the director, who is uh, very much known for The Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> and here he made a film uh, uh, that is a, I mean, it's a tremendous film. Yeah, and it, it it's it's not. There's no zombies in it. There's no, <laughs> you know, it's not a comedy in in the sense of of uh, you know Jim Carrey. Uh, right. It's just a good movie. Yeah, I mean that's very similar to you know like we talked about you know Saint Vincent with um, you know Bill Murray. You know, mm-hmm. it's a completely out of the box role for Jim Carrey, and I mean it's as close to Jimmy Stewart as you can get than not a Jimmy Stewart. Right. I mean I've always said that this movie is the the closest to a Frank Capra film than a not not a Frank Capra film. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it is so much like It's a Wonderful Life, and it's about. This gentleman who, you know, has amnesia, he shows up in this town that he has no idea, and who's Martin Landau, again, there's, you know, a few films here with Martin Landau, and he's his father, and he thinks it's his son, because he looks identical to his son that he thought he lost in the war, and uh, he had this movie theater that he closed when his son was supposedly, you know, you know, died in, in the war, and he was going to keep the theater closed, but then when his son came back, he decides he wants to reopen the theater. And uh, it's another one about, you know, community involvement, uh, you know, respect for people, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. And, you know, Frank Darabont, the director, you know, I mean, he did, you know, Shawshank Redemption, you know, Green Mile, you know, I mean, all these other films. But the problem that happened with this film, it was supposed to come out on September 11th, you know, and obviously that was you know, a big day in history where everything shut down in the United States. And so it got shifted and it got thrown into all of the Christmas movies when people, you know, from September, October, November, December, people were still, you know, shy about going to the movies, but yet they had to push everything together. And that's similar to what's happening, you know, you know, this year with, you know, movie theaters, hopefully in December, everything's going to be pushed. Right. And, you experienced that at that time, and it got lost in the shuffle, and it did not uh, get the recognition that it deserved. Um, it is played, you know, oftentimes on you know TV. It's streaming. You know, it's it's a really great film that you can, uh, you know, really watch with the whole entire family. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, you it, would enjoy that. Yeah, definitely a movie people should watch if you haven't seen it because it's it's just it's just a great film. And right. Another one that was similar like that with a twist that you wouldn't expect from this person uh, is Trumbo. Now, not right. so much for Brian Cranston because, I mean, Brian Cranston, I think, can do anything. <laughs> he, right. he's, he's just a great actor. But the uh, director of the film is Jay Roach. Right. Who, you know, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Trumbo. I mean, you're at the different ends of the spectrum there. Uh, and, you know, and he does great on both directing it. Right. And and that's the thing is like with with Trumbo, which is actually a true story, you know, about this man, you know, during the blacklist uh, in the 1947, you know, people, you know, were banned from Hollywood and some actually, you know, served jail time uh, because of the connection supposedly with the Communist Party. And, um, you know, and, you know, Trumbo did spend a year, but he kept writing and he actually won two Oscars and never got recognition for it. I, he, I know he uh, used a different name, right? He used a different name, and he you know, gave it to his buddy, and his buddy put his name on it. And, you know, both ceremonies, he was at home watching it with his family. And Jeez. never he got he, on um, the Brave one later on. He actually did get, you know, listed as the writer and also Roman Holiday, which he also wrote. Um, and they recognized him in uh, 2011, to, you know, bring him back to giving him the screen credit. So yeah. that's a, a fascinating story in, in, in U.S. history. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember watching that movie, and it was like, you know, wow, this, this really happened. I mean, yeah. And you know I, who I also think in that movie got completely overlooked was um, Goodman in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, uh, you know, he was great in this movie that, that the year. I mean, John Goodman had so many good roles, and that was, I think this is one that he could have. He played the, the B-movie, you know, producer that was, you know, kept cranking out, you know, 
Trumbo's scripts because, you know, he couldn't, you know, he could not, you know, go out with as Trumbo and, you know, no one wanted to work with him in Hollywood, you right. know, because of his, you know, supposed, you know, <clears throat> relationship with the Communist Party and, um, you know, but this character that John Goodman played, you know, was just an awesome, you know, role and another one that I think got overlooked. Yeah. Now, um, the artwork for the the book uh, yes. is is great. It's <laughs> and uh, so tell us about uh, it, on the front and the back. There's also some great characters of uh, very famous actors and actresses. Uh, so give us a little highlight of about who did it and, uh, and anything. Yeah, um, Dave Woodman is former Disney animator. I mean, I think you've had him on it as a guest also. <laughs> Not he, yet, he, but I'm I'm going to. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You know, I just blew your the cover for yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> for your upcoming guest here. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, he, you know, he was you know did Ursula and you know Little Little Mermaid and a, a bunch of other characters that had a long career. Um, and actually, one of his um, movies in here. We can talk about that in a minute. But I wanted a, a a cover that was you know showed independence you know, but yet showed you know the Hollywood tie to it, and. Um, you know, I had a, you know, Martin Landau and Tab Hunter, you know, had been at the film festival and, um, you know, they were, you know, became friends. And uh, so he's a character, you know, um, Dave Woodman does caricatures. And so he has one of Martin Landau and Tab Hunter and Reese Witherspoon. Um, so the book actually says, you know, on the cover, it says starring, you know, Martin Landau, Tab Hunter, Reese Witherspoon, and many more. Because I wanted people to know, like, oh, these are 50 movies, but it's like, you know, what are these movies? And, oh, well, at the cover, oh, okay, well, Martin Landau has a movie in here, Reese Witherspoon has a movie in here, but I may have never seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of draw, drew the, the attention into it. And, like I said, David McKay Evans, you had mentioned, did the forward. And uh, so also in one of the, the, the movies that's in here is, uh, you know, Cats Don't Dance, which I'm surprised you didn't bring that one up, but I don't know if you've seen that animated film. Not yet. Uh, no. No? Uh, well, that's actually, you know, was done by Warner Brothers, and at the time when Disney animators were getting laid off, and uh, the great story about a cat who has inspirations of becoming a star in Hollywood. Uh, but what you know, I like, and I, I know you would like it too, is they have all these cameos from you know the classic people, you know, from Hollywood, from W. C. Fields to you know Betty Davis, you know, and the, the, the young cat shows up in town in Hollywood, you know, that, that all these, uh, you know, legends are, you know, all walking around, you know, Grumman's Chinese Theater and, you know, the stars, you know, on the streets. And um, and Dave uh, Woodman also designed that for Cats Don't Dance. And so I'd asked him, I said, hey, you know, because of you know, that connection, could we use uh, a montage of your characters that it's in Cats Don't Dance? And he said, sure. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's really it's it's great artwork. I mean, he's he's just a, so talented. Yeah, for sure. But you should really look at Cats Don't Dance. I think you'd really like that movie. Yeah, I've seen it? it when I've been moving through the different uh, streaming stuff, and uh, I, I've I've thought, oh, this looks like me be good to watch, but I just haven't had a chance to watch it. So. Yeah, it's when nineteen ninety seven. You know, like I said, it's when you know the whole thing was going. You know, Pixar was doing all of the you know to the 3D stuff and the transitions were happening and, mm-hmm. you know, the Disney animators were all looking for jobs and Warner Brothers decided that they were going to, you know, make a 2D animated film and what had happened and they got bought out with Turner and the animation division so it kind of was a movie that kind of just got lost <laughs> and wasn't, you know, made but you can see in the animation in that film, you see the influence of the Disney and you see the influence of Warner Brothers so it's kind of a interesting um, artwork on that side of it too hmm. now uh, of all the 50 films that are in the book is there anyone that's one of your top choices um i i really like uh, death at a funeral in 2007 and um i that's a, a a british film and i think if you want to have a laugh you know this is one that you want you want to see um and it's not the 2010 remake that Chris Rock did. Okay, that's not. Let's make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> this is the British version and directed by Frank Oz. Oh, really? Yeah. So, wow. you know, from the Muppets, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a very different 
and it's just a very, very funny, uh, it's called Death at, Death at a Funeral, and it's one that, it's about a family, and their dad dies, and all of these kids who, you know, different, you know, left different, you know, <clears throat> times of their life, left the, the, the town, and they all have to come back to their small town and uh, attend this funeral, and uh, it's, as with any funeral, there's problems, and this one is a really dysfunctional all the way. And uh, and then all of a sudden, um, this little person shows up at the funeral, um, and that's Peter Dinklage, which is one of his early films. And you, nobody knows who this guy is, and they're not sure why he's there, who he is. It's Bill and, Murray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then actually, when you as the movie goes on, you, you, you find out what's happening. It's just a hilarious film. And uh, the, the thing is, is, is talking about a script is when they rate the, the U.S. version of it with, with Chris Rock, which is horrible, it's almost the same dialogue. But the actors that were in it, the original that Frank Oz directed, it comes across so different and so natural. And it's like it's not pushed and they just go with the timing of their comedy is far better than the, the the remake, but that's one that you would really you know have a really good laugh at. So, but yeah, so don't get it mixed up with the <laughs> with the, the other one. You'd yeah. be like, oh my gosh, who's <laughs> this guy? You know, recommending this film for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, another film that I that I think you know that a, a lot of people you know may not have seen. Um, you know, Finding Your Feet came out in 2007 and uh, 2017. It's a British film, and it's about this socialite in London who finds out that her husband is having an affair, and she has to she decides to leave and go live with her, you know, sister who has a small flat in the you know undesirable area of of England. But you know, she reconnects with her sister and reconnects with what she always loved in her life, and that is dancing. And she gets a new New life and it's great music in that one, and I think that's that would be another one, you know, because I that actually did play in U.S. theaters, you know, very limited, but I think that's you know that's one you should look at, and another one that I think is a really good, you know, story that is what independent filmmaking is is all about is um, it's called Once from 2007, and this is a true independent film uh, from Ireland that was shot in three weeks on a budget of $150,000 and ended up winning an Oscar. So for best uh, music uh, um, song and uh, called uh, Falling Slowly, and these two people who are in the movie wrote the song themselves and ended up uh, winning the Oscar. So. Well, now the big question, where can people get 50 movies you may not have seen that you should? Where can they um, get it? You can actually get it anywhere. I mean, obviously, you know, you can get it on Amazon, which, you know, we've mentioned several times. Amazon is not a plug for Amazon, right. but, you know, that's the easiest place to, to purchase books. But your local bookstores, anybody, you know, could order it for you. Um, but it's, it's, it's out there. So Is it also at bearmanormedia.com? Bear uh, yes, yes, for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So is there any places they can get it so they can get it autographed or anything? <laughs> well, come to the movie theater. Yeah, movie theater. <laughs> in in Arena, you know, California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I I think this this book is is you know I always I always joke that it's kind of like it's a it's a good bathroom book. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where the, you know they're they're reviews of the of the, the the and they're only like a page a page and a half. So it's like oh yeah, you can you know run through a few of these you know. But I also think it would be really good at you know to take it on an airplane. You know when you're looking at something to just you know read quickly because you can read through it pretty quickly and then you know and or go before you go on a trip you know and then download it itunes or you know on amazon and you know watch these movies on on an airplane so all right well uh derek we want to make sure that people go out and get 50 movies that you may not have seen that should uh, that you should but uh i want to finish up with the final question here and sure. I, I know the answer to one of these, but I'm going to ask you it anyways. <laughs> but uh, the, the two questions are, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies 
now and of the past? Oh, God. Um, so I would say now, I, <laughs> as TV shows, I actually like Cobra Kai, <laughs> okay. which is really bad <laughs> see, on Netflix. See, you, you threw me <laughs> off on that because I, I figured, well, I don't watch TV. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, obviously, because I you know, watch so many movies, but uh, we started watching, uh, my wife and I started watching Cobra Kai just because it was the 80s. Flashbacks mm-hmm. and the acting is horrible, but uh, <laughs> we've jo- enjoyed that, and we're like, oh god, we whipped through all three seasons because we just watched, you know, the, the end of the pandemic. Um, so that's on Netflix, and also I liked uh, Hollywood. I think it was yeah, Hollywood. I think is the name of it uh, on Netflix. Was I think yes. another good series? That was good. Yes. Yeah, um, and so of the past TV shows, I would. When you were a kid, what did you like? Um, I know. Obviously, I like Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would say probably Gilligan's Island. But another one, you know, similar to, like, the book that I really enjoy that you can't find anymore around is actually San Pedro Beach Bums. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yes, I did, too. <laughs> it was only one season, uh, but I think it was a, a fun thing. And, you know, and having the, you know... Uh, Vision of one day moving to California and, uh, you know, the, the beach bums that lived on the beach was kind of something that I, I really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, that was a, a spelling, you know, production, but it only ran one season. So, mm-hmm. What about um, Land of the Giants? Land of the Giants also. <laughs> Flintstones. Flintstones, yeah. Well, you said one, but, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, not, it doesn't have to be one. You can, you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Um, what about movies? Movies, I mean, there's, there's a few movies that I, you know, obviously I, I like Pinocchio because that was the very first movie that, you know, my mother, ex, our mother, I should say, took me to uh, the re-release in 1972. Um, so that was a fond one because that's the first movie that I ever saw in the movie theater. Although I recently watched it a couple of years ago and I was like, whoa, this is a little weird, you know, <laughs> it's like with all the, the, the boys being captured and, you know, that was like odd. I don't remember that you know, in the, in the movie. Um, but the, also another movie that kind of influenced me in terms of like, I, you know, really enjoyed movies was actually The Champ. Um, I think that was a great, powerful film. And uh, I remember being in the movie theater and everybody crying and I'm like going, I want to be able to do that someday, you know, make people move, you know, emotionally, you know, in a movie. And obviously in none of my movies, I've done that yet. So, <laughs> Um, so those are probably you know two movies, and then I love Goodwill Hunting. So as a more recent film, that, um, and so that's the movies. And, and what was the other question? The movies today? Oh, and today's film? Yeah, today's films. Um, like currently this year or anytime. Yeah, the, okay. the, the new films. You ever gave us the you know old films and new films? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, recent recent movies that I like, completely enjoyed. Actually, I loved the the Rita Moreno documentary, a girl that just decided to go for it. Um, you know, I know you've met Rita before. Mm-hmm. You know, she o- opens up as she always does. You know, in her documentary that just came out in the theaters a couple weeks ago. I think that's definitely you know worth a look. And um, what other movies? I, I, I don't know. I can't think right now. <laughs> Too many movies in my brain. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you think there's going to be another 50 coming our way in another book, or is this, no. this it? This is it. This is Although it. I could easily do it because I was like, I, like I said, I kind of removed, you know, everybody, you know, different movies from it, and I'm in the list, and I'm like going, oh, shoot, I should have put that one yeah. in there. Oh, I should have done this. But no, I, I don't think there'll be uh, be another one. But you, you, you never know. Maybe yeah. 50, you know, TV shows. We could work on it together. 50 right? TV yeah. shows that you may not have seen that you should. Yeah. yeah like you say, the San Pedro Beach Bums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you can't find them. That's I, the problem. I know. Well, Derek, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And, well, thank uh, you. Uh, good luck with 50 movies you may not have seen that you should and you people can check that out uh, on uh, uh, you know amazon or bear man media or uh, you know just go to your local bookstore and have them order it for you so thank you for joining us thank you 
And a big thank you going out to Derek Zemrak for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Be sure to check out his book, 50 Movies, that you may have not have seen, that you should. And you can get that at any bookstores, Amazon, of course, and BearManumMedia.com. And uh, it's an interesting little read, so be sure to check that one out. And uh, there are some good movies, like we talked in the interview about uh, Majestic. If you haven't seen that, take a look at that. It's just a good, it's a good family film, and uh, it's it's sad, it's happy, it's, it's just a good film. And, uh, of course, there's 50 others there that uh, the... Uh, different styles and types of movies that you want to check out. So uh, be sure to check it out. All right, that's it for this episode of On Screen to Beyond. I want to remind you that uh, you should all go out and subscribe or follow or take uh, down, download all the episodes we have put up from our old episodes. And I think we have about, uh, we're right around uh, 196, somewhere around there. Pretty much near 200, but uh, this is episode 559, so we still got a lot to go, and uh, a lot of a lot of fun interviews to hear. I, you know, some of these I haven't listened to myself for years, and I'm listening to them and finding out so much that I didn't remember about some of these actors and everything that uh, they tell us stories and uh, behind the scenes and everything. A lot of fun. So uh, be sure to check it out. Tell a friend about it and uh, get the word out about On Screen and Beyond. We want to keep things going here. And the more numbers of people, the more downloads we have, that gets us a chance to get uh, more interviews. And, uh, you know, because the publicists and everybody, they want to, of course, they want to have uh, people listening to uh, uh, their people doing interviews on podcasts that uh, are getting large amounts of people. And of course, we do get large amount of people, but uh, we want to get more and more. So uh, if you want to uh, help us out on that, we'd appreciate that and uh, get the word out about On Screen and Beyond. So that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) Take care.